everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Black Girl Brunch. My name is Iman. And I'm Sabria. Thanks for tuning in to another fun episode of Black Girl Brunch. How was your week? It was a week. How about you? (laughs) My week was dope. It was absolutely (laughs) excellent. So glad we got that out of the way. Yes. Um, What are you, are you looking forward to anything this week? Um, I'm looking forward to how, how, 2022 of me to say i'm looking forward to getting my results to see um if i have covid or not which i don't think i do but <laughs> that's good i think that. i think that ship is so <laughs> yeah. i think it's gonna come back negative for sure yeah. um mine came back negative last night but i do think i've had it already so whatever but it was still you know good to have some peace of mind because i was going to hang out with uh, a friend to do the like a project and I just wanted to make sure because I still was like coughing and stuff so yeah. happy it's, it's just good if you can get some peace of mind mm-hmm. it's true yeah I'm looking forward to just finishing the week out and getting to the weekend I'm getting my hair braided on the weekend and like this like my having your hair out in the winter time is a very very brave thing to do like especially when you have 4C hair and like baby I am feeling it yeah, be right now. I'm like, this is terrible. Remember when um Elmo was like snapping on Rocco, the rock? I was like, how? Tell Elmo how. That's how I feel about my hair. Like, tell Elmo how. Like, how am I supposed to like do this every day? This yeah. is ridiculous. I haven't taken my twists out. Like, I have my twists in for like, because I haven't gone anywhere. So I just kept my, tw- I just keep my twists up. I keep oiling my hair. And keep my hair in my twists, and my hair is still getting dry, and I'm in the house. <laughs> yeah, that's so annoying. And also, I just be feeling like people always make it like I spend like so much money on like my hair and stuff like that, or maybe it's just in my head. But people do make it like girls just be wasting money, like getting their hair and stuff done. But it's like, first of all, if you don't have four C hair shut up like you really do not get a chance to participate in a conversation yeah the only way our hair can be healthy is if it's in a protective style and it just so happens that protective styles really aren't cheap like braids Mm. are not cheap and for good reasons it takes labor but like every time i look at my 4c hair it's just like this is just a constant bill Mm -hmm. like my hair it's like a, a huge bill because putting it in a bun it really isn't even an option yeah, it's not. You can't right. just keep doing it. Actually, it's not even healthy for you here to keep when you're in a bun. So, basically, all that tension, and then if you put gel in it, it's just like flaky, flaky. Braids yeah. are the best thing for black hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, assuming it's like healthy enough to hold the tension or whatever. But braids and twists, like undefeated. Yep, completely undefeated. Okay. Um, but yeah, let's get into this phase four real quick. Let's talk about our four favorite in the house activities why because we in the house or at least we supposed to be so let's talk about like what are the four activities that keep you sane that was a joke about at least we're supposed to be i understand everybody can't be in the house all the time but yeah like what are your four favorite in the house activities right now number one playing video games um yeah that makes me feel like i feel like fuck the world like when i play video games yeah Um, i'll be super into it so yeah definitely playing video games also um watching movies love right now i'm like i that's what i needed i needed to 
watch get back to watching because i'm like how do i want to write movies if i'm not watching them like i feel like that's so tacky to be like yeah i haven't seen that mm. i feel like that's so weird like i'm just thinking about my old self and i'm like yeah you're so weird so i'm like <laughs> making sure that at least i want to see like the big ones for 2022 or like the ones that came out like at the december and stuff like that so i've been watching Hello movies, everybody know on my Twitter. I have my coming of age film list. Um, if you're into that type of thing, check it out. Um, I would like to <laughs> <laughs> I would like to make something more of it, but I'm trying to decide like what can I do um to make like to elevate it. Um but yeah, so yeah, check out my coming of age film list. Um I worked really hard to curate it um uh, to make sure that it was an inclusive list um but yeah so watching movies that has sparked joy for me um the third one is uh watching people do stuff on youtube i feel mm. like youtube is definitely a oh it's about youtube but that's like definitely a separate thing from like watching movies watching people do stuff like or watching like i love that on youtube there's like short documentaries so you don't have to like watch you know traditional long things like i was interested in um uh, it's a long story but long story short i was interested in dissociative identity disorder so i watched a bunch of youtube videos on that um and then i saw like interviews for other things and i'm like oh like i just like learning things so i guess like i would say like learning learning a new skill um or just like looking at stuff again on youtube um the last one reading <laughs> yeah gotta get back into that but i do love to read i have a lot of books actually a lot of books and yeah reading helps the time go it really does I mean, it just takes you back to childhood like when you're just reading yeah, it does. you just feel like a kid under the blanket Mm-hmm. It's true. Love it. And it's like so many different genres you can just explore. Like just when like I was getting so sick and tired of autobiographies. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. I'm right back to autobiographies. But <laughs> I started reading some fiction written by like black women. Lord have mercy. The the ride that that took me on, like actually going to read these books. So I read The Vanishing Half. Um <laughs> which is about two twins uh, and one decides to start passing as a white woman because she was white passing um tiny and it's really really good also it's just so good tiny imperfections which is like amazing and americana this close to okay like those movies i mean those books they felt like movies in my brain like i was getting frustrated though because i wanted to know how 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 the author wanted people to look Mm -hmm. like the description sometimes be pissing me off because I'd be like, can you confirm if I'm on the right track with how I imagine this person looking? Because I just like, I hate that in a, in a movie where like the the character don't look like how they were described in a book. Oh, I hate that so much. They ate with Harry Potter though. He really, he really they looked did. like the character. I mean, they, the person in the book from the description. Re- he did. He really did. But yeah, those are really, really great things. Um, 
Alice, real quick, meditating, number one, like that is something you could do in a house. And I just feel like sometimes when you say meditating, like a lot of people just feel like it's like you got to have a meditation personality, but um, you don't have to have a personality trait or type to meditate. You don't have to be like, ooh, I'm Erica Badu. Ooh, I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. Like you don't have to be like that to meditate. You can literally just be a normal person who decides to take five minutes to do nothing and if you can't find five minutes to do nothing then I feel like that's very telling so just like take some intentional time like in the morning whenever you feel like it even as you're going to sleep and like breathe in breathe out there's so many different ways to meditate and that's important because you do help to ground yourself Mm -hmm. because when you're alone a lot you can start to overthink so Mm -hmm. I think that speaking from experience um (laughs) meditating is just really really great for slowing you down and just realizing where you are your mm-hmm. time your age like just be in a moment for a second yeah um which I know sounds like hell I do I get it <laughs> but it's, it's actually not as terrible as what you think um create content like honestly I just be creating content for fun at this point and because it gets me to do things so I feel like it's one thing to know you need to like um do the dishes and clean your place up. But if you decide that you're going to create content around doing a deep clean, then somehow like you're inspired to do that. If you don't necessarily want to do your makeup, but you know, you create content for doing makeup, somehow you'll convince yourself to do your makeup, feel a little bit better, take some pictures, just feel good about yourself. If you want to exercise, create content around like exercise it'll it'll get you to do the thing that you want to do but you don't feel like doing mm-hmm. um and find oh third uh watch the live action then watch the original that's been my favorite game so if like i watch mulan the cartoon like the original uh movie and then i watch the live action version of mulan i did the same thing with uh so cruella and then i went back and i did just watch 101 dalmatians a movie i didn't watch like the original cartoon with cruella deville then i did the same thing with beauty and the beast i like just compared and contrast the two movies it's something really cool to me about like seeing a cartoon come like how people decide to portray it mm-hmm. and the actresses I will be honest with you, Beauty and the Beast and Cruella are two of my favorite live action things so far. And it just makes me super excited for Mulan to come out. I want to see uh, Cruella. It is so good. I just I feel don't know like why I haven't watched it. Maybe I just didn't have an interest in watching it. The only reason why I watch it is because I literally have, you know, I, I just be getting in the mood where I'll be wanting to watch something that I have that I know nothing about. Um, and so I decided to watch that while I was sick. And it was really good messaging. It was great because you I I, I guess I didn't want to watch Cruella Deville because I thought she was evil. So I'm like, what I want to watch somebody who wants to wear puppies for? Like, that's <laughs> terrible. But they they really did a great job of spinning it around and making, the, like Maleficent, like the super misunderstood traditionally character, like they, their origin story makes a lot of sense. And you're just like, oh, I knew, I knew you had a reason for being the way you were. <laughs> um, so yeah, Cruella was really good. Highly recommend. And Encanto. Oh my gosh. Oh, I watched that last night. Yo, that movie was good. It was. I liked it a lot. Oh, wait. We can talk about that in the coming to age section if you want. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I didn't know you watched it, (laughs) Iman. I sure did. I watched Encanto. Um, Wow. Jameer told me to watch it, and I did, and whoa. 
Will he watch animated films? He didn't want to. Um, somebody, <laughs> somebody made him watch it, and he was like, "It was actually really great." I really liked it. Yeah, I feel like Mirabel, but um, <laughs> you know who I felt like with the perfect sister and the perfect sister and a strong sister together <laughs> meshed into one. I felt like both of them because to be perfect is to be strong when you're black. But yeah, yeah sure. we'll, we'll get there. Um creative writing another thing you can do there's no one preventing you from sitting there and writing a story i know i used to do that a lot when i was a kid i literally just was i could find journals from when i was in kindergarten right now of just like things that i wrote it was really funny because i found the journal entry recently and i said um i really love my cat when he dies i'm gonna be so sad like why would i write that when i was five (laughs) that's kind of creepy <laughs> when he dies i'm just gonna be so sad and i was right i was so sad when he died <laughs> that's a really me, i was in creepy. kindergarten oh no no yeah, i'm sorry that's... maybe i was in like first or second grade i was like definitely i knew how to write so i had to be in like first or second grade but i i wrote that and then i like wrote this story about me and my dad it was like i knew it was a lie because it <laughs> said in the book it said in the journal entry, entry that we did like 17 activities on one day i no, my dad was not like that. He was like, we pick two activities and then we sit down for the day. <laughs> Why are you lying on that man? I thought we went to the circus and then we walked the dog. My dad would never walk a dog. Yeah. I just, I guess it's what I wanted as a kid. But <laughs> anyway, creative writing. Just write a story. And also like manifestation is creative writing too. So mm-hmm. do something cool like that. It's some things to do in the house. Um, And I know for some of us who can't leave right now, like it's just worth it to get creative. And don't forget cooking. Something we both love to do. True. I love the cooking in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's um focus on toast for assist now. So, Take it away. oh sorry. So this week for toast for assist, thank you. We were tagged in this twice. Um, so first of all, I love that because like it's like y'all know, um, you know the type of people that we want to put in toast for assist. We're toast for assist. Um, we want to give a toast to. Howard University freshman Akela Brown. Um, she started a community resource center called Dimples for Days. Um, she uh, she started it for young people in Philly to escape violence. Uh, it's a center where people can do their homework, just chill out, relax, use computers and things like that. She funded the place through her savings and also uh, crowdfunding. That is really so good to know that like people helped her get that center I, that is so impressive to be yeah. a freshman in college um because it's you know college can be so much and still you know giving back to the community and in her video she was saying in the video um her of her she was saying that it's important to give back to the community um she was like because if i like you know if we don't do it then who will and i'm like yeah mm-hmm. that's so true um that actually inspired me too because i feel like i definitely need to give um, back more. That's something that I want to get into. So yes, toast to Akela Brown, Dimples for Days. Check it out. So proud of you. Shout out to you, Akela. Like that's amazing. Like you said, being in college and like being able to just crowdfund and create like a, essentially a nonprofit, like amazing work. So mm-hmm. yes, toast to her. 
Okie doke. Now let's get into tea time. All right. First, we're starting off with Euphoria. I'm so excited to talk about Euphoria because what a fucking show. Like, you know how like a show be going for a while and when it come back, you expect it to kind of have a soft beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like no shade. A lot of my favorite shows have been like real chill, but I don't care because I've just been enjoying watching it. You know, like Game of Thrones, I was going to watch no matter what the final season was. Yeah, same. But to, I, I don't know if you felt like this. I felt like when Euphoria came back, I might know this shit came back real hot. It did. And also, first of all, this is something that, like, I would love to, I always wanted to do. I love the fact that it's so music heavy because, like, music really can set, like, so, like songs really be stories. Mm-hmm. And I love how the music was used to like set the tone of stories even though like some of the music i feel like like tupac and stuff i'm like i don't think that like gen z people would listen to that like but i could be wrong but um i just like the fact that how the music you know set the tone also um if you didn't know this whole um season was shot on film and film is really expensive like kodak worked back film that they stopped producing just for this season of the show wow yeah wow. so it, so what's the benefit of shooting a film it looks it just looks cool um i don't know like in detail like the the real benefits but it looks cool and it but it it's very cool but it's very tedious to develop and it takes a while so like now that i know that it was all shot on film i'm like it makes sense that it um despite i mean you know between being shot on film and covid i'm like it makes sense that it took so long to come back because film is like it takes a while to develop um and it's like you know the editing process is very detailed so yeah that's why it looks the way that all it was all shot on film it is not digital that's amazing yeah right and the that's fact so cool i love that, when people like invest in their art like that same i love that too and like the way the cinematography the way things were shot it just was so like visually appealing it was so exciting to watch like i felt like i just felt like i was there with them mm-hmm. almost like just it was so exciting so like let's start from the top fez grandma Ooh. um what a bad bitch That's first of all bad- that yeah, was I was so confused when it first started. I was like, wait, why am I seeing this guy's like dick just flailing around like this? I did not want to see that. I <laughs> didn't did want, not to, want see to see that. Yeah, I was confused. For also, I was confused because again, I didn't know that the whole season was shot on film. So I'm like, cause that looked like a flashback. And I'm like, who was this lady? And then when uh when Rue was narrating and she was said Fez's grandma, I'm like, she looks like an older woman, but I'm like, not I'm like, oh, it makes sense. This is his origin story. This is what we've all been waiting yes. for. His origin story. I feel like what I like about Euphoria is like I never know know who I feel like we didn't went through all the characters' origin story. And yes. then like through this, I'm just like, no, we haven't. <laughs> like we really have not. So it makes me excited to re- to learn what we're going to unlock about the characters' past and just I guess we'll get back we'll get to this we can just jump but knowing Fez's origin story at the beginning totally helped you to understand the end Mm -hmm. like knowing how his grandma rolled like she was a super bad bitch like that who made people pay 
who was like, who literally knocked him across his head, trying to knock somebody else in the head. It just really kind of lets you, you know, like people like feds can be super lovable, but have so much shit with them that mm-hmm. it's like, yo. Yep, I agree. I agree. It's and it's always because he's like very quiet. He don't seem like he do the drama and stuff like that. But it really do be niggas like that. Like that's really how it be. Like niggas that like don't be making all the noise, don't be the loudest in the room. But like when they turn up, it's it gets scary, for real. Um, but yeah, I loved finding out his origin story. It made, excuse me, it made so much sense. Um, that's something that I love in movies and tv is finding out people or in the story it's so that's so exciting to me like i just love finding out like why is this character like this or like just seeing like how they grew up and stuff like that like i freaking love that um but yeah it started with fez's grandma um you know um we can assume from her uh we can assume from the fact that she shot his dad in the legs and the fact that he had a bruise on his eye that his dad was abusive yeah so that's what you know we can assume that also i like the fact that they um i like when i like in media where it's like little subtle hints and stuff like that where we can draw our own conclusion um and we'll probably be right um and she was like yeah he's not gonna hurt you anymore i'm like yes that's how our real bitch do it but also she still was hella flawed Hella like flawed. hella flawed. Like, That's why I think that him getting hit in the head while she was attacking somebody else is such a perfect metaphor because that's what she was doing. Like, yes, you were caring for him, but you still were exposed to him to all these things. That's so true. That's so right. Which was super harmful for him. Like, I'm not sure that was intentional at all, but I feel like that oftentimes is what happened. Just like people be loving folks the best way they know how, but it's like that's not good. Yeah. Also, um, how she said, like the guy was like, Why would you bring your kid to a drug deal? And she's like, He's not a kid, he's my business partner. And he repeated that yep. when somebody said that about Ashtray. And I'm like, I love it. Like But I- also, um, what's her name? When uh Cassie's sister. Lexi. When Lexi started challenging him and he started repeating the same thing his grandma. I said, but it didn't make sense. He he didn't have an answer. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people be doing who grow up in like tough households. They literally just be repeating what they've heard. Mm-hmm. But when you start to challenge what they've heard, they don't really, that's that's where the conversation stops. Yeah. Because it's like all I know is what I've been, what I've seen, what I've been shown. Yeah. So I feel like his portrayal, and it's wild that we got this out of a white character. But I feel like his character story was the most authentic portrayal of what it's like when people grow up real, real big. Yeah, no, like, no, no, it's true. It's, it's really, true. it's really what it'd be like. It, it just be people who aren't necessarily like bad on purpose, but that should be deep rooted. Mm-hmm. It they repeat everything and they believe it to be the Bible because you don't know what it's like to be exposed to something so bad constantly that it feels normal. Mm-hmm. It's real hard to like go against that i feel like he's one foot in one foot out and poor poor ashtray that baby don't nobody know who his mom is <laughs> yeah like i'm wondering like is they gonna do uh origin story on him i don't know but like the fact that he just was left at her house and she just raised him that's wild yeah he had no type of guidance because like he was raised by you know fez grandma 
Mom. He was raised by Fez. Yeah, and Fe- yeah, he's raised by Fez. Like he was raised by a kid. Mm-hmm. So it's like he really had no guidance for real. No guidance for real. And also, um, that scene where like um Fez put like the the blanket over Ashtray and he started they started to play like the resentment instrumental, like, like the original Curtis Mayfield. I love that because I, I feel like people sometimes who haven't be, been protected make the best protectors. Mm-hmm. And it was just like super cute to see that um like brotherhood and just that love he had for like Ashtray since he was like a baby. Yeah. You know, I, I just really, honestly, I'm going to say it's one of my favorite of all the Euphoria characters so far. Like, one of my favorite stories um, made the most sense to, like, how he shows up in the show and how his loyalty run. Like, he really don't play about Rue. Like, he don't. Yeah, he don't. Even though, like, she is a she mess is a and things mess. like that, he really... Yeah, she don't. And that's crazy. I'm like, damn, she really... I guess- I was kind of annoyed because I know like it is, uh, you know, an illness, but like we've spent so much time with her and that black man to the point where I'm just like, well, what the hell was the point of all them deep ass conversations? Like, oh, I got something to say for what we got to the next. So, um, Rue and Jules. So first of all, I know y'all already know that me and Imad are not the biggest fans of Jules. No. At all. Can I stand a free spirit like that? Don't care about you know the senator, blah blah blah. Like I just, she just, that's a character like person in real life. Like I just don't like because they just like, I feel like they also she do weird stuff. But then when you do something weird, it's like, oh, get scared, and it's like, no, I thought we was free spirits. <laughs> no, like I can't have fun too. Yeah, it's like. But- she started getting judgy when shit started getting too free. It's like, well, yeah, well, let's all stop it then. Exactly. If you can't, you know, if you don't want to ride, then don't, you know, don't, don't get on. But what I wanted to say was, I saw somebody say on Twitter earlier that, um, the fact that Rue is, this probably what's going to happen. Rue probably wants to get clean for Jules. Yep. But don't want to do it for her sister and her mom. Yep. But I think that, I think that this is the thing people have. I think Rue has such, she has such a problem with dealing with pain. And I think it all stems from like just being neglected really growing up and just being told like, oh, you're mentally ill. You know, you're just mentally ill, mentally ill, mentally ill. Not that I feel like her mom was bad, but I feel like sometimes people, parents don't be bad, but they don't be there for the type of child that they have yeah. like you can't be a normal parent to a child who may need require more attention exactly i'm getting so deep into the show no but it's real. because you know people like this you exactly. know people like this in real life where their parents weren't terrible but it's like you're not meeting your child where they are and mm-hmm. then you get so shocked and you feel so like uh confused when they go in the opposite direction but you don't even know them you're not even trying to connect to who they are so i feel like she has her her family they might love her out of duty, but they really don't know who she is. I feel like to her, 
Jules represents the only person who knows who she is and is like, I guess, remedies things and makes it better. However, Jules is my, one of my least favorite types of per people for this reason. She is a silent aggressor. She kind of does things that are super triggering to people. Mm -hmm. And then when like shit pops off she starts to pretend like she doesn't know what happened and like when did you relapse like bitch you know i relapsed the day you fucking confused the shit out of me and left me and you knew i was kind of like a, a, a recovering uh addict the time when you did that but you didn't think about triggering me like i'm gonna be honest with you if i'm dating somebody with mental illness maybe because jules has mental illness herself so she can't really take on rule but if you are dating somebody that you know has a fragile mental state i'm a firm believer that you are responsible and and how you and not being manipulative or tricking them because you know that they're more vulnerable mm -hmm. so i just felt like i was annoyed this when she was at the party with like watery eyes when like rue was like telling her like yeah um i am on drugs and rue did she try heroin this episode or so i think she did um i was talking to shout out to listener joy talking uh, to her about that um because the heroin was in the Altoid mm -hmm. case and she was in the back of the car and she looked at the Altoid case and then it cut and then when she went to go talk, see when she um walked in the room she saw a character Elliot um she was like um she was about to go into cardiac arrest, but then he like With crushed the Adderall. Her. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't know. But they, uh, they crushed up the um. Excuse me. The Adderall gave it to uh, Rue. Um. I think Rue did because remember Elliot was like we had the same amount of drugs, and Rue was like um, no, we didn't. Yeah. But also Rue did do drugs prior to them getting robbed like held up and searched yeah, yeah. at that one drug dealer's house so she did drugs there too yeah so i didn't know if that meant like yes to the heroin or yes to the um yes to the drugs from earlier either way she needed to chill like big time exactly because oh. i i was like yo <laughs> bro when um <coughs> when she when that other girl in the back of the car was like you're just a fucking junkie <laughs> You like, little nasty ass. I know you're not talking. No, she looked. Shout out to that actress because she looked tweaked out of her she mind. Looked so like, tweaked out. Like shout girl. out to that actress who really captured exactly. She said it's only a little heroin. <laughs> oh. And the crazy thing is, stuff like that has happened to me when I lived in New York. <laughs> that I have been in situations like that where people said it's only like one time. Um, that it's funny because like this person is like i guess like cool with me now but um when i was in college we were in the park and this this is when people were doing adderall um and i didn't know anything about that and i was in i think i, I might have been drunk i might have been drunk or something but i'm just sometimes like when i get excited i'm just loud in general but anyway i might have been drunk we was in madison square park and i was like talking and it was like i was talking loud um and i'm like it's new york like who could everybody talk loud um and this girl crushing up adderall in public in in a major park in new york if you know like madison square like park like everybody freaking knows that park like it's a major freaking park but anyway 
um, she's crushing up Adderall and like they're snorting it. And then she turns to me and says, shh, be quiet. Like, and I forgot what I said. And I'm like, what the, you doing drugs in public? Like if you, you want, if, even if I'm quiet, there's still a chance you can get caught. Yeah. Because you're, you're, it's, it's, it's just outside. This is a park that closes at 11 o'clock. Like it literally, like what parks do you know that closes? Like police patrol this park. I'm like, even if I'm quiet, you still, so that, that part, I'm like, this is triggering to me. Cause I'm like, this has happened to me. That somebody was like, Shh. I'm like, you in the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I can freak. When people be in the wrong and just do something. I'm like, oh, I, I could just tell. Ain't nobody never tell you nothing before. Because I forgot what I, yeah, because I forgot what I said. I might, I think I said something and like just walked off like, yo, y'all think it's yeah. weird. Yeah, soon as somebody like, tell like, me this, I gotta go. Like, because I'm just, being shushed is uh, very triggering to me. I don't know why. I just feel like that's very disrespectful. So yeah. let me get out of here. <laughs> let me go. But um, yeah, with that, that was just crazy to me. Um, Ruin Jewels. I'm not really looking at, I felt like what else, you know, it was a beautifully shot scene of them, like, you know, confessing and finding like comfort in each other. Like it was just shot really well with the darkness and then going back and forth to close-ups of both of their faces. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really, that was shot really well, but um, I wasn't, I felt like Nate and Cassie's storyline shook me the most. Yeah. I didn't expect that. Yeah, that's so dirty to me. Like that's so. Di- also, like when she first of all, the beer spills on you. Why was your first thought to take off your panties? <laughs> Let's. Why, why was that your first thought? <laughs> and I was getting scared of shit, Sabrina. I was gripping the table when I started seeing the uh, speed of his car go over seventy miles per hour. I'm like, whoa, there, buddy. Like you're <laughs> yeah. going. And he was doing 100 miles per hour drinking a beer. And this bitch decides to take her panties off and stick her head out the window. And take her seatbelt off. The the way I would have, like, been like, slow down now. (laughs) Like, I would have gone crazy. I'm sorry. Let me know if I'm really loud because I feel like I'm snapping right now. Um, I just felt like I would have been like, slow down, stop. And sticking my head out the window is a no because I feel like the moment I stick my head out the window, it's going to be a big building right there. And just take my head off. Exactly. Also, like, let it be known that this is an A24 production who also produced, um, who, who did a uh, Hereditary. Oh, so, shit. you know, like, sticking heads out the window and with <laughs> does not have the best reputation when it comes to them. So I was definitely nervous, but I had to remind myself it's not that kind of show. But yeah, I still me too, was scared. I see the problem with me is I always assume death is about to happen <laughs> when things are like getting too crazy. And I'm like, who's going to die, Nate or Cassie? And I'm <laughs> like, oh, it just dawns on me that like people really do be making irresponsible decisions every day and they don't die. Exactly. Because I was I, every time I get excited, every time I get anxious about something like that, I'm like, it's one, it's not that kind of show Two. Um, they both were in the previews for later shows, so I'm like, they st- their story arc is gonna go. And again, that's not that kind of show. Um, if somebody was to die, I feel like it would definitely be like an off, like a character like that nigga Travis, or like uh, maybe the character Elliot. You know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe the character Elliot. Um, I I just oh, I didn't turn the time on by the way. I don't know if yeah, you did. Nah, my bad. That's all right. We'll start it now. I'm assuming we like 20 minutes in. 
So I will say that I knew they weren't going to die because it's Nate and Cassie, two of the two of the hottest quote unquote characters on the show. I'm like they're they're definitely not going anywhere. But the the like sex in like the the bathroom. Why? Why did that then that need to happen? Was well, I know why to juice up the storyline. Yeah. But then the way like um. Uh, Cassie started crying and stuff. I'm like, girl, you know what you was doing. You knew you was like about to have sex with your your bestie's ex. When you took your underwear off. Took your underwear off. I cannot believe her and um, Alexia, your sisters. I know. That's so crazy. But I feel like that's really how stuff be. They do. If somebody, when people were like, first of all, I'm 70 years old, so I was like, I'm not going to participate in this. But um, when people were like, what character you are most from before? And I was like, honestly, I probably had to say Lexi. <laughs> Me too. Easy. <laughs> but the thing is, it's definitely, I'm not going to lie, it's not fully Lexi. Um, it's not. Maybe. It's a pretty year because of high school. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like she is not that crazy. No, but I'm just talking about how she kind of like, wild, she got a secret wild side. Oh, true, 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 true. So yeah, yeah, I would probably say that. Yeah. But um, that, um, I'm sorry, what was you saying, Iman? Oh, no, I'm just 100% Lexi. Oh, I'm, yeah. You do. I feel like <laughs> the reason why I'm Lexi is because while I'm always like, uh, trying to be good, I'm always bullshit adjacent. <laughs> I still be invited to the bullshit parties, even though I'm not one of them. Yeah, that's very wild. Um, that uh, <laughs> yeah, that's very wild. Um, that their sister, she was so worried about her, and she just in the bathroom with that nasty man. I'm like. Also, another thing. First of all, good commentary from everybody, but. Somebody was like, the fact that she's scared of Maddie, but she not scared to have sex with Nate. I'm like, this nigga is insane. And I don't know what's up with Nate. Like, I really don't know. Like, when he was standing outside of that bathroom, it got to a point where I didn't know if he was standing there for Maddie or if he was standing there for Cassie. Yeah, I I feel like that was the point. Oh, yeah. Like, I start realizing that when they start showing, like, jewels and then him looking at Fez, where he just has these weird possessive issues where he just wants to watch, like, what everybody is doing. And he started, like, getting all up in, um, I'm about to call his ass McGee. What's his name? McKay. Huh? Is his name McKay, right? McKay or McCabe. Yeah. (laughs) McGee. (laughs) First of all, that was so uncomfortable, him getting his face like that and being yeah, like, how does it take? You need to stop. But he he literally been letting, like, Nate jerk him around since the, the first season. And I yeah. was just like, you know what? As much as I hate Nate, it's like I, he needs a moment where he stops hanging around him. <laughs> yeah, like, stop somebody, being cool with him. Yeah, because everybody was like, what a loser. Like, you a college boy and you sat over a high school girl. Like, yeah, like, think about that. I'm like, yeah, and you letting a high school boy, like, jerk you around. Like, you really a loser, dog. And when he was a like, chill, he didn't. So I was just happy with what Fez did at the end. Like I was just so fucking happy with he like Fez. Him down, okay? To the white me. 
to the white meat. And then, like, seeing Jewel's face was hilarious and moving, <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> and the way they was dragging him, I'm like, yeah, it's he down bad. Like, but he deserves, he's somebody, but also, like, I hate people like Nate because, like, he's somebody, yeah, you can beat up and he be like, yeah, do it again. You be like, what? And you know what else I hate? By the way, Cassie reacted to him getting his ass beat. I'm like, oh, they fucking. That yeah. would have been my first instinct if I was Maddie. Like, <laughs> she was more excited than than Maddie was. Yeah. I would have been like, that's how petty I am. In the middle of somebody getting their ass beat, <laughs> I had to be putting two and two together. I was like, but did you catch who was hype and who wasn't? <laughs> Also, like that was so um like I'm gonna say circling back, but the when she was in the bathroom and um Travis was like, uh, oh, some chick passed out in the bathroom and Maddie was like, who cares? That is so her. That yep. is so true to her character that she would not. Cause to for me, that one that got past me. I like somebody where. Yeah, because oh if you said a girl is passed out at a party, I'd be like, oh, we need to help her. Then I found yeah. out what girl it is. Oh, I'm it losing It was your my- best friend. Like, imagine that. Like, you in a whole, you, you, you get, you spit a game, and then somebody pulled the curtain back, and it's me, and you think I'm passed out in the tub. Please. Like, I just feel like that is how, like, again, the writer, he is snapping because he actually understands that some people really are just so into themselves and so careless. And I think that that's going to fuel like um, Cassie to do what she wants to do more because her and Nate ain't done. Yeah. Nope. That was so nasty. Also, like, minor thing I hated when he was trying to pull up her dress and she was like, I'm all tingled. I'm like, shut the fuck up, bro. <laughs> and a tube dress, pull it up. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm like I just be feeling like girl your titty's too big for you to be after like <laughs> yeah like just dumb but them big like, ass eyes like you too sexy to be acting like so helpless like I'm we... tingled shut the girl hell. you too sexy for that uh, also like this is when I knew I needed to calm down remember that scene when the guy was telling everybody to like pull pull your clothes off this and other I'm like oh we about to see a Zendaya scene and I'm like why am I excited calm but down Ima. I think it's funny because um people were saying and this is true that you could tell what actors have like a nudity clause where they won't do like nudity and Zendaya is one of them that's why um she is wasn't naked is because Ooh. she will not do nudity. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. Respect that. Um, Everybody but- else day was like, but yeah, you can see. But I guess then. Well, Fe- yeah, uh, the actor who played um, Fez, he had the um, he had like something covering him, like in the front, so he probably have a nudity clause also. Yeah, but I also feel like I liked it. I liked that they told Ashtray, you get out of here. You're not even participating <laughs> in this activity. And when the day it said she was in high school, the guy was like, yeah, bro, I ain't no pervert. I really just need to know that you ain't no op. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, that was a nice save because technically she is a high school student and it would be creepy to yeah. like, you know. True. And she has a new G close. Most um, importantly, she got a new G close. Because <laughs> they know damn well if they could have had Zendaya up in there butt naked, they would have. But it makes sense because she is um, with Marvel and, you know, Marvel, Disney. Disney, yeah. Um, it all makes sense. Yeah, it all makes say sense. Just a few more years, guys. 
Gotta hang in here. I still thought you wouldn't do it. We'll see. Ari, I feel like she still wouldn't do it. I don't know. Well, I mean, I respect it either way. Like, yeah. But, you know, we'll see. Um, Elliot is all, was also a new character uh, who looked just like Pete Davidson. But I feel <laughs> like you really do have to have a character that looks like that. Yeah, he looked like little really want to make a high school. He looked like little Pete. Like, he looked like the little version of um, Pete Davidson. So I'm I'm interested to see what his story arc is. Um, we already know that he is a drug user. Um, but he he not like a crazy one. Well, that was just the first episode. <laughs> just a little yeah, because he did say something crazy like, "Oh man, you sh- me you should have never met." I'm gonna hold up. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> let's just see where that goes. And that hair, the hairstyle, the tattoo on the face, and he was alone. It was a New Year's party. It was hella people there. He was alone doing his stuff. You know when you do the damn washing machine. Yeah, when you do stuff alone like that, nobody can fuck with you. Because, like, you don't even need support. You don't Mm -hmm. need a crowd. He was doing it alone. It's not even for fun at that point. Exactly. So, yeah, he probably definitely wild bull. Interested. I can't wait. I really cannot wait to find out more. Yeah. So excited for Euphoria to keep going. Like, it's back, guys. It's back. It um, is. So yeah, that's it for our, our TV dinner. Uh, just so you guys know, we are remixing Tea Time just because like we really absolutely do not give a shit about like these celebrities. We don't. And it gets it got to a point where it's like, no, no, no. We really don't give we don't care. Um, and there's so much cool things to talk about in pop culture. Like that's not to say we will never talk about celebrity news again, but it has to be so like it just has to catch us. We can't feel like we're talking about celebrity news because we we have to, because we actually don't have to. And most importantly, we don't even think y'all want to hear about that. Like yeah. the most, like we've been getting such positive feedback from our America's Next Top Model episode and just times where we really just like really talked about something in pop culture that we like. So make sure y'all send us some suggestions or some things to talk about. Like that time we did like our like least favorite like movie tropes but anything you could think of it don't even have to be in pop culture it can be like you know like wellness trends or wellness in pop culture like it don't have to necessarily be tv media but that's the direction we're going in and i think that is i think it's best for everyone you know yep i agree so this week we wanted to talk about some coming of age films because as you guys know sabria is doing her like coming of age movie watch uh what is your official name for it um, I guess this is growing up because there's a song. Um, I was say there's a song by Blink One Eighty Two, and um, and this is uh, they say like I guess this is growing up, and the song is like so ninety, so coming of age. So yeah, I named the um movie watch. Uh, I guess this is growing up. I love it. Um, Thank you. I just started thinking about Michael Max theme song when you were saying it. <laughs> Malcolm X theme Sorry, song. Malcolm in the middle. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, Malcolm. Yeah, it's like it's not like that, but it's like you know it'll put you in the mind, like you know something like that. But yeah, I guess this is growing up. Um, movie watch. Um, I've been watching hella coming of age films. I actually have one to watch after we're done. This. Um, I curated it purposely to have movies with. Um, people who are like not skinny, um, black people, queer people, um, poor people, or just stuff like, excuse me. So I wanted it to be like very 
inclusive and like not very like all American, if that you know makes sense. Yeah. Um, and also like the wanted to have a diverse um list of streaming networks um because everybody used different streaming things. Um, but yeah, coming of age films are usually films that um involved uh either like somebody in their late teens or you know early teens uh to their 20s um navigating through life and going through like maybe uncomfortable situations uh some of the coming of age films that we listed here um one that this is one that like when i was in high school like this was like it's time to wake him the fuck up like this woke me up this made me be like i want to be a writer and that movie is juno written by diablo cody um yeah juno uh if you haven't seen it it's starring um elliot page um as juno um and juno becomes pregnant as a teenager in high school um, by Michael Sarah, and if you know Michael Sarah, that's already funny. Yes. Um, they become the tune up becomes pregnant on her first tr- her her first time, and she just did it because she was bored. Um, <laughs> so it's just like, and she does not want this child because she wants to be a teenager. So she decides to give the baby up for adoption to this nice couple. Um, and then she wants to meet the couple. Uh, she meets a couple the guy the father cool guy but then he starts being a little weird and then he confides in juno and tells juno that like my wife and i are going to get a divorce after this um you know you get the baby and juno freaks out because juno wants the best for her child because she didn't grow up all that well um but it is despite the heavy topic it is a comedy believe it Which or not is so hard to do it's like. <laughs> so hard but it's very it is a very funny movie um and i feel like diablo cody did a good job of um navigating that and like just it was it was so refreshing to see because like it's such a weird character a weird type a weird person to also get pregnant Cause it yeah. was like, think of the person like you went to high school with, like least like like somebody that you didn't even know they liked people, let alone like you know was sexually active. So it's like that person, and I feel like I that was just something that I had never seen in movies, and also um, that was a character that um, I mean also teen pregnancy was like something that like I don't can't recall it being like something in movies like that um and if it was that way in that way yeah i feel like if it was it was like definitely tragic and then they send the girl to move down south they had a baby (laughs) or something in the mud something crazy her life ends essentially and she like punished for the rest of her life because of it exactly like juno's dad was so different and like it was during the time where like 16 and pregnant and stuff was like all on tv mm-hmm. so it was like so much interest in teen pregnancy it's so funny because during that time teen pregnancy actually started to like go down dramatically too yeah, it did so i wonder if the programming is like kind of what worked or it could be like education and like access to like birth control so uh, 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 m- many things but mm-hmm. yeah you're right like i've never seen and still haven't seen teen pregnancy kind of like 
put out there in that way. Yeah. I love it. Juno was like, Juno was like stressed somewhat, but not really. You know? Yeah. <laughs> she was so chill. Like, yeah. she was so chill the whole movie dealing with that like chaotic like pregnancy also like this is something that always stuck with me from that movie um jennifer garner um played the woman who she was giving a baby to she had a hard time um conceiving she can't have a baby on her own and um they were in the mall and she like uh like was touching juno's stomach and she was like i just feel like i always was i was born to be a mom i was like I just always think about that. Like, I just always think about that line. It's just so um, sweet. But even though that was not my story, um, clearly, um, I still felt like that I felt seen in that movie as being somebody who, like, I feel like um, somebody who was, I guess I would say, weird, like, -hmm. in high school. And, like, um, you know, obviously the actor that played Juno was Elliot Page, but they played a girl a a teen girl in a movie um and being a teen girl that was like more like um i would i don't want to say i wasn't that masculine like i would say like tomboyish like somebody who could hang with the guys um but juno's best friend was somebody that was like total opposite of her um mm-hmm. which i love the best friend um that was such a i love i'm like please bring that back in movies like best friends who are just like it's no like they didn't really have like conflict conflict like that and they were so opposite but they fit each other they were so good for each other yeah i love that because honestly that can exist not that we're completely opposite of each other but we are very different yeah and like it really does not matter to the friendship it just matters like that you hate the same things mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very true sometimes it just matters like that not that you love the same things but that you absolutely hate the same things like that really is what matters in a friendship exactly. but I love Juno. A lot of Michael Sarah era. Like honestly, like he, he was such it, it was like during that time where like the awkward guy was like become, becoming like the hot guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like we all wanted like a super awkward, shy, but kind of funny, skinny guy, <laughs> like to to fall in love with. So I felt like their love story was very relatable for the time, period. Yeah, I really love Juno. If y'all have not seen it, even though like we definitely told the whole plot, I feel like you should definitely, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you definitely should watch it. It's a very good movie, and also I just love the fact that a teenage girl was able to decide like I don't, I'll carry this child, but I'll give them away and not be vilified for it, and not be vilified for it, mm-hmm. saying that this is the most responsible thing that I'm going to do, um, that I can do, and um, it's it's something that many people do and. It, it's not a mistake. It's not anything to be embarrassed about. Nothing that should be vilified. It's the most responsible thing. And it's just like one of those things. It's kind of like where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I like that she had kind of like full support from like mm-hmm. her dad. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. And that she didn't want to see the child. I love yep. that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that also. I definitely would feel the same way. And I, I also feel like, like, you know how people always make it like, uh, or we just kind of said it, like Juno wasn't bothered, but I think that 
it took immense strength. It wasn't like she understood, like in order for me to do this, I cannot get emotionally connected. Mm -hmm. But the challenge of like not getting emotionally connected when something's growing inside of you and you still have to like be like, well, damn, I don't want to send this child into like any old home and Mm -hmm. I still have to give birth to it. Like I think that separation of church and state within her own body was just like so crazy to witness. But I loved it. And that's how that's a testament to how strong you have to be sometimes when making decisions. Exactly. And I just love that was such a good new coming of age film because that is something that is very real, you know, teen pregnancy. Um, and it's just like when it happens to certain people, you're just like, oh, sometimes it's like hella random. And I feel like that was like so good to touch on. And also, I'll never forget uh, hearing that Diablo Cody wrote that script. Um, and I think it's like a Starbucks inside of a Target or something like that. Um, oh but God. yeah, that was just such a, I, I just loved it. And the dialogue was just so real. I feel like that's, it was really how, like, I feel like at the time, like teens would like say silly stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cause, Cause we were teens when that movie came out. And that's I felt, why we fuck with it. Yeah, like, exactly. We really got, it was, it was a, I think that the best movie, and we'll get into like these other ones, there are movies that feel like staples of a time period. Yes. So when you watch it, like sometimes it's it's nice when a movie doesn't try to replicate another era, mm-hmm. but instead just decides to like show a movie in present day because then it kind of when I when you go watch Juno, you I feel like I, it takes me right back to high school mm-hmm. because I remember that was like one of the first things you shared. Like you love that movie. And I, I think you put me onto it and I'm like, I just, this is like, like nothing I've ever seen before. Um, but also there's always this desire for me to see that with black characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess this is where Moonlight comes in. Um, one of my favorite movies of all times um it was written the screenplay was written by barry jenkins and the story was written by terrell alvin mccann mccranny sorry i probably butchered Love those black ass but names. yeah that's very black ass name when i tell y'all when i saw moonlight life changing like there's like mm. this video of Lady Gaga and she's like talented absolutely but like I feel like like seeing that movie I've always wanted to see black people shot in that way because like growing up I loved indie movies like um I used to always watch stuff on IFC and Sundance and stuff like that and like I just loved the way the movies were shot and things like that I just love indie films but I felt like I don't see people that like I like you know that are familiar to me. Like I enjoyed the movies, but I'm like, it's just that missing. And when Moonlight came out, I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Masterpiece. Masterpiece. It was beautiful. The lighting, the script, everything, like even the silent moments, like that movie was amazing. I loved that movie. And I, so I, I love like so the, the different things that were explored, like uh, one black mentorship, like um, I'm a fan of seeing positive things involving black men in media, mm-hmm. because it gets to a point where when you look at a black man in media, it's unless it's like Denzel Washington or Will Smith, it's not much positive representation. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. It's only like comedic relief or it's um like drug dealer, evil, some shit like 
that mm-hmm. and everything else is just like again in my opinion like denzel jenny fox and like uh will smith michael jordan like these super like heroic cookie cutter not necessarily relatable to like the everyday guy mm-hmm. but i feel like mahershala ali um that's his name right yeah mahershala ali's mm-hmm. character stepping in there are black men like that in our neighborhoods every day mm-hmm. it really is there are black men like that in our neighborhoods every day who just decide to silently guide and like i saw it more clearly when i decided to work in education like they don't necessarily be flashy they don't talk about what they do but it'll be like black men educators that literally go play basketball with these students every single day. They go make sure they get their haircut. They make sure that they help them with their job interview. And then it starts to snowball into those same people in their weddings Mm -hmm. and things like that. Like those be the relationships built. Like my dad is a construction worker. My dad was a terrorist when he was my age. The only thing that changed him was a black man on the job telling him like, Hey, this is what you need to do. So seeing that represented in Moonlight was so beautiful to me. And also it was telling because like sometimes that it can't save you just having that that um mentor. And sometimes that mentor himself is flawed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just it was just like so many levels to this. Yeah, I love the fact that he was flawed. Also, I love the fact that he was um he even though he was flawed, it wasn't we didn't see that much of his flaws like he wasn't violent um and also he was accepting he wasn't like you know being man like something like that like he was just very like it was very it's very rare to see that imagery especially um from a black man um also the love story in it yes um i loved how you know it's a shame because you know the you know certain circumstances that they couldn't be together in the way they wanted to but the it was i just loved how innocent it was um and like very like it was very slow burn and very innocent and it wasn't like um you know very it wasn't very hypersexual um and it wasn't very like um it wasn't hypersexual and it wasn't uh like no what i want to say is it wasn't hypersexual and it was very like sweet it was very it was mutual um but i you know it's a shame they couldn't be together in the way they wanted to but it just was like i just i think i really loved the innocence of it all like the purity of it all and how like you know it was just little things and it was just like that under it was just like i sometimes i have like a soft spot for like un what is it unrequited unrequited love yeah exactly that um that type of thing Um, no i feel you 100 percent. it definitely was a beautiful love story um but i also uh feel like sometimes that love story hurt me the most because i saw like chiron and yeah uh, kevin that was the other character's name i saw Mm -hmm. how kevin treated chiron in private but then in public, like really the way his treatment did lead to Chiron being attacked. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, yeah. And I feel like that, that is so familiar 
Mm-hmm. And like I, I've I've experienced it definitely not on that level, like mm-hmm. definitely not on that level. And I think that like the ta- the taboo that comes with being like a young black black gay man in Miami is like the stakes are a lot higher. Yeah. But like that type of hurt, like oh my god, I just felt it. But you you do understand like as they get older. But that was his v- villain origin story, like mm-hmm. that moment, because up until that moment, Chiron was really soft. He was. Also, I really liked the fact that they use actors who, like, were not hot on the scene. Um, They introduced us to And made them hot on the scene. And made them hot. Like, I love that. I love movies like that where it's like, like, why the fuck is Tom Cruise in this movie? Like, I hate Ser- shit like no, that. No, seriously, because like, I'm just like... Or, like, I love Denzel down, but, like, why this nigga in here? Like, you know, I, I like movies where it's, like, new, like, it's introducing me to you know, new type of actors because like everybody, cause like even for like, um, the stuff that I write, like, I don't, I would never want somebody that's like, first of all, I'm not even on the scene. So why would I want somebody to be like, Oh yeah, I want Jaden Smith to be in my movie. Like, no, I don't. If there's ever somebody like a Denzel Washington in a project that I do understand, he is the uncle. Like he ain't the main (laughs) character. Because yeah, right. I feel like it's not to say that like trained actors who are super good at what they do can't be ever be collaborate with me. But why would you not want to find the somebody fresh or new or even like when people start putting like Lakeith Stanfield and things? I'm like, yeah, let's let's just let's build his career up a little bit, you know, but I do like the, the moonlight route even more. That's my favorite route of taking brand new people and like this is how you know that they were super talented because they didn't disappear in the scene like all of them have been been busy since uh filming moonlight so Mm -hmm. it's just like a rock star rock star cast um his mom man like i just never wanted to protect the child more and i just feel like sometimes like the moonlight show us that we always wait until the last domino fall to then ask why somebody do what they do and like seeing like uh Chiron when he was like full grown like Trayvante you would never look at that man and think like oh that was once a boy who was unsafe and was being picked on and everything you just never know and I think like seeing that transformation is very realistic actually mm-hmm. it'd be a lot of people out here you look at who they are today you have no clue what led to them being that that brick wall of a person mm-hmm. but yeah um I, I love this. I love this. Um, I know we kind of said we were going to talk about Encanto, um, but we can talk about it another time. Like, cause yeah, Sabrina, sure. remember that other um animated movie that we watched? Uh, and um, it was like me, was it the Robinsons. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could talk. Maybe we could, the next time we can maybe talk about some like animated movies that have been like hit at home because I know Disney's been doing it and just people been doing that on purpose. They understand like the Disney adults we 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 be watching like animated things. Yeah, so. oh for sure. So yeah. But this was super good. Guys, let us know your favorite coming of age films or if you have some ideas for our tea time reimagine. Imagine. imagine. Yes, thank you. This was so I had say I had a blast. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. It was very fun. I like this. Yeah, me too. But guess what? You know what's not going anywhere? What's not going anywhere? The sunken place. <laughs> <laughs>
Cause niggas still no. be <laughs> niggas still be thinking. So the sunken place is still around. Um, and for this week's <laughs> the sunken place are people who are obsessed with whiteness but claim that they hate whiteness. Like Sabria, you you did a tweet about this the other day. Like there are some people who make everything about white people. Like if you really listen to what they're saying, they every tweet they have. Oh my god, one thing about white people, white people this or let me tell you about white they, your art. Is surrounded by white people. And I'm sorry, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. That's why I couldn't fuck with that show, Dear White People. If something's yes. Black, why are we talking about white people? Why are we giving them that attention? I it's, understand for some people, they feel like that's like liberating to like address white people all the time. And, you know, because they are the dominant culture and we often feel like we're playing in their world. But I guess I don't ever feel that way. So it's hard for me to relate and kind of make that my reality. Like I... Re- like, yes, I do understand that, like, white privilege exists, but to debt it, I, I feel like I have to navigate white privilege every day, and then when it comes time for my art, it's going to be about whiteness, too. Like, no, that's my escape from whiteness. Exactly, and it's like, I don't think about them. Like, so, it's like, literally, people let them live in their brains, like, rent-free, and everything is controlled about it. They're like, look at this snow possum and all that stuff like that. And I'm just like, why are... It's so easy to ignore. Um, also, uh, I feel like a lot of people... Excuse me. And I, I noticed that a lot of people that do it, their, their immediate circle is like a lot of white people and white friends. And it's like, why is that? Mm-hmm. Why don't you have any friends that look like you? Um, why is that? Because you are in control. Um, I can count on one hand, like close white friends. Everybody know who our close white friends are. We always talk about them. Yep. We literally have uh, two close white friends and everybody <laughs> know who that is. I don't even have to say it. Um, Peter and Ryan. Period. (laughs) Let's go. Besties. Down. So I'm like, and the rest of my friends don't look like them. (laughs) And it's not, (laughs) it's not hard. It's not hard. It's it's not hard to get, you know, black friends or even like having Mexican friends and like, you know, um, just uh, Asian, like other, like, you know, people of color my thing is like if you i don't understand the concept of stewing in something that you like hate like stewing around people that you hate and you always have to have to constantly complain because it's like at a point why are these people your friends um one and why two, are you dating them why are you dating them constantly Roster almost exclusively at this point. Almost exclusively, Iman. Almost exclusively. The roster is from you know from high school. Like, all right. You know, some people, um, you know, went, grew up in the suburbs and that's all they had. And, you know, they didn't know any better. So in high school, you know, they probably dated predominantly like white people. Okay. You're older now. You're in the real world. There's things like Tinder and (laughs) (laughs) Bumble. There's Hinge. There's all Mm -hmm. these things like that. There's, you know, when you go out in public spaces, why is it that you still continue to surround yourself with whiteness. And then we have to listen to you complain about it. It's wild. It's wild hearing somebody constantly complain about like white people. And then like, they just introduce you to their boyfriend and their boyfriend looked like Tyson Ritter from All American. (laughs) Whoa. And that's, I'm I'm about to say, and you, and it kills me. They be like, yeah, that's my nigga. Like, that's not your nigga. 
Ew, I ain't never heard nobody say that. I have heard that. I don't know what I would do about that. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know what I would do. I've heard uh, that. That would make me turn inside out more like it, but um, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just, I, I don't believe that there's anything wrong, obviously, with dating people who are who don't share the same race as you. But that to me should mean nothing changes about nothing should change about how. You, you experience blackness like sometimes i don't feel like i would be able to comfortably be my black ass self around a white man so that's why i usually believe that it more than likely will never happen with me dating outside of my race um so i feel like if you can find somebody where you could be your authentic self don't matter what race they are like you need to stick beside them however it's not it is weird when it almost becomes an obsession mm-hmm. when you just be on Twitter all day calling out whiteness, uh, writing articles about whiteness. Uh, everything you do is anti. It's not even necessarily about being black as much as being anti-white. And to me, that's not the definition of being a black person. It's not being white. That mm-hmm. that to me starts feeling like we are the crumbs or something. And I, I just don't like to experience that. You can 100% talk about blackness and I feel like the goal is to talk about blackness and people not feel like it's a direct attack on anybody else, but especially white Mm -hmm. people, because our culture is not like a contrast. It's just not a contrast of whiteness. It's just something very separate that unfortunately uh, white fingerprints has been all over it, but that Mm -hmm. don't mean that it's a product of whiteness. Like, do you understand how that is just not empowering at all? exactly and also like we're not getting to the root of like issues if you like letting you're just complaining about this you know certain group of people um like what does it have to do with like you know um black people and like voters right the community like the fact that we have to i mean again i know all this has to do with like white supremacy and stuff like that but the stuff that people be complaining about be like very superficial things like and sometimes they be feeling like they just be wanting some some people be feeling like they want to bully white people to get even like they feel like oh if i make you feel like shit or if i call you a snow possum or something but also that's what i don't hit like that stuff like calling it's so corny it's so um like knuck if you brunch. Like I feel like yeah. people who say that wear shirts that say knuck if you brunch. Yeah. Like it's so cool. They like hmm, got them snow possum. Like you don't got them because I'm sorry, none hits like <laughs> nigga. It's just funny. It's terrible, but it is like, <laughs> wow. Like really? whoa. There's <laughs> no other slur in my opinion, at least in the English language yeah. that, <laughs> that hits like that one. Um, not again, not that it's like a slur contest, but. Some things like, like, it's just be weird or when somebody is, this is something else a little separate, but I also hate is when somebody be trying to um call out like racism in the time where they was dead ass wrong. And I'm like, now what you're not yeah, going to do I don't is like just that. fuck up, fuck this up for people who actually be having like issues that they go, that they have, you know, that are a problem. Like, don't try to play victim <laughs> now that you got caught, like, you know, calling out too much. Now you want to be like, this is racism. It's and like, you know what? I hate that because when I was, um, I was, again, I was a child when I did this. I was a child. I was in elementary school <laughs> and I felt my spelling test and my other friends, we felt our spelling test and me being so bold. I went up to the teacher and I said, I think this is racist. And he's like, what, what are you talking about? You didn't study. 
He's right. I didn't study. But <laughs> I went up to him and I thought up a trace because I saw more white people spelling tests. Um, and again, that was me as a child thinking it. Looking back, I definitely for sure felt it because I didn't study. Right. But you, you know that now. And neither you did know. my friends. People who aren't accountable, I'm like, don't try to get me on the bandwagon because I'm not going to support you. Yeah, because I'm going to say, and my friends pipe me up. They're like, yeah, confront Dr. Peters. <laughs> he shut your little ass right there. He was like, he looked at me from that. He didn't even, he looked up there from his desk and was like, what are you talking about? He said, we're not like, about to play this game, girl. I was like, yeah, I just think it's a little racist. like that. And that's when I just found out about what racism was. And I said, oh, this is what it is. Me, You should have passed me, Dr. Peters. You're black. Oh, my God. Like, He's a black teacher. so funny. You're like, hi, um, Uncle Tom. I just think it's a little funny that, like, everybody else passed. But you know what? I had no problem standing up for myself. Heck, excuse me, little Even polish. if I was wrong. Strong and wrong. To this period. day. To this day. <laughs> but yeah, can y'all stop? Like, leave, get out of white people's business. I feel like the only exactly time I'm like, in white people's business. Not y'all like having us defend white people. The only the only time I'll be in white people's business is when I watch the Gilmore Girls. And guess what? I watch it and I and I go I go to bed. That's it. That's what exactly. you, that's what you need to do and stop worrying about them and just worry about black being black people business. We got a lot of cool things going on over here. <laughs> We got things coming up, like you know, we've got the more black people, you know, it's more black writers out here. Like you know, we're doing a thing. Like you black know, History Month is like coming black history up is high. right around the corner. It's a lot to do. I feel like we need to really be getting like our decks together for our season. Like stop exactly. worrying about them because one it's of boring exactly because like one of my mutuals who's on private was like saying like because it was it's this girl who's like notoriously like just always saying rude stuff and people were like and she finally said something about black people and people were like oh cancel my thing is all right she already was a, a terrible person so like I'm not surprised one two instead of complaining on the internet. And they was like, instead of complaining on the internet, give somebody a dollar. And I'm like, for real, like, give a homeless person a dollar. I'm like, for real, like, y'all complaining and, like, saying, like, ooh, snow possum, get them, is not doing anything for the community. No, but people just be giggling with popcorn like weirdos, like, super excited. <laughs> I picture people be like, oh, they going to let me go to the comments now. It's like, do you ever feel like a loser when you do that? <laughs> you should. Yeah. You really should. Um, but, yeah, we can go, we can go on. Honestly, I know I could go on forever no same forever um okay sorry i just was learning if we had permission to say the listener's name during the listener letter and we do yes she said we can use our name perfect all right so that's it that's it for the second place moving on into common senses we have a wonderful listener letter this week thank you guys so much for writing us we had a few this week so we'll be sure to like if we don't get them get to it this week we will get to it um within a week to come but thank you all so much for like sending us some things um so this listener says hey black girl brunch well, honestly, I'm sorry, Kaylin. We got to put you on the spot. Uh, they sent us one listener letter and then said, hey, I was very drunk right now. Please disregard the first one. Here's some revised advice. I know that's right. Sometimes I love that you got drunk and the first people you thought the message was us. Period. Do that. Message us. Don't message your ex. Yes. Talk to us. Yes. Yes. Talk to Black Girl Brunch. Don't, don't do nothing crazy stuff because we here. We here. We 
listening and we're drunk too. So it's just like, just send it, you know, send it to us. We drink at moonshine. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, black girl. Oh, real quick. Sorry. If you're drinking moonshine, be careful because like not all moonshine is the same. So I don't want yeah. some people trying it and not knowing, like just make sure you is from a trusted source. Exactly. Cause we have been hella promoting moonshine. Yeah. And my cousin has been, who works in, who was a nurse told me some horror stories about moonshine. And my grandma from the South told me some horrors from about moonshine. So don't just go sip it on any Mason jar filled with moonshine without knowing like, huh, <laughs> what's the distilling process yeah. here? So, hey, Black Girl Brunch, I have a fave for a suggestion. Okay, we'll get to that another time. Sorry. I also need advice. I'm a 25-year-old and really been doing this adult shit this last year. My own place, new city, new career. But my problem is that I'm not assertive enough, and that has helped me back from career opportunities, shooting my shot at fine men, and even the littlest talk t- tasks like speaking up about service or speaking up about speaking up about a service or good i'm not, or good i'm not okay with or don't like sorry about that i might have chopped that sentence up and one thing about me i'm gonna call my mama and get her on the <laughs> line for the littlest inconvenience because this adult shit is overwhelming navigating life not being assertive has felt like it's fucking me over i want to be that outgoing confident girl that can go up to anyone and talk to people and can command a room but i'm not that's why I hate the strong black woman trope because it doesn't give it doesn't give that over here. I'm also a writer and working on a popular show, but not as a but not as a writer and not even in the writer's room. And I wish that I had the confidence to go up to people and go up to people and and for lack of a better word, pitch myself for even actually have a casual conversation. But I'm a nervous wreck majority of the time. What advice would you give for being more assertive in life? Love the show. This is literally my favorite podcast, and I find myself quoting you all often. You can use my name, by the way. This was a really great listener letter, and I feel like we all have been here at some point or another. But, but sorry, I was like sneezing. <clears throat> One thing I think uh, we should say first is give yourself some credit, because I do believe you you started this off by saying you're 25 years old with your own place in a new city and a new career. So That's some, amazing. Sound, I mean, you you got to give yourself some credit for that because you don't get there without being at least a little bit assertive. That's very hard to do. Like, and that's a lot of new newness. So sometimes you may not be like being super assertive in every aspect of your life because you just have to get settled in other areas. Mm-hmm. Like I moved into my new place and started a new job in the same month and I felt like my brain start like hiccuping it was really really hard for me and I felt like I was a little bit lost for a bit so you sometimes you just have to give yourself some credit mm-hmm. also the transition to full adulthood can be hard and it's because you are a brand new adult like you're kind of like a newborn adult you know when you are 25 years old or so and I know this experience can like be different for all of us some of us um may have been like I know I was coddled like growing up low-key like I may have had been strong in some ways but I was kind of sheltered growing up so the transition to adulthood was, was weird for me just realizing like 
okay, if I do something wrong, my parents will only be disappointed in me, but they won't be able to do anything about it. But disappointment also feels like the same thing as a punishment. And then also like realizing that when there comes time to handle things as an adult, like there really is nobody else to handle it other than you. Sometimes like if you got to drop the ball a few times in order to understand like that, that is the case, but transitioning to adulthood is super hard. Mm -hmm. It definitely is. And again, like cut yourself some slack because that is like Yvonne said, that is a bunch of new things and assertive also doesn't always look like pow 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 like I feel like maybe you think that being assertive looks like um like on tv when like the women are like you know wear a suit and be like listen here mister I'm not doing that like blah 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 but I feel like moving to a new place you know working somewhere new starting all this stuff that's definitely standing up for yourself like you are making moves and you're invested in yourself so that's assertive yeah investing sure. in yourself um sure. uh sorry i forgot what i was about to say but yeah you're <laughs> invested in yourself also like <laughs> question how did you get in working for a tv show like yeah please. email <laughs> black girl brunch at, at gmail.com yeah let we, us know what tell you know right side the nda like you speaking know, of being assertive <laughs> exactly like <laughs> let us know but any, <laughs> but anyway, the first thing that you know to be more assertive, probably stop. <clears throat> if you know that you call your mom, don't do it. Yeah, I know it's hard. Trust me, um, it's hard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. The yeah, definitely speaking to the choir here. Yeah, um, mommy brigade. But um, <laughs> don't like uh if you know you do that because like for me, I don't even remember when I first started doing it. I think what pushed me is when I had lived in New York, um, and I was by myself and like miles away from my parents and stuff like that. Um, like I feel like my first moment of being assertive um was like going to doctor's appointments by myself, yeah. and making doctor's appointments myself. Um, which is a big deal because there's even people like, you know, I'm about to say real adults, but for real, like real adults, it's like not in their twenties who don't even do that, like make doctor's appointments. Um, it's hard. And ever since then, that's just something that I've like, if like, I feel like little stuff like that is like a, um, way to get your feet wet. Cause now I like, it's, it's so natural to me. Like nobody even has to tell me to make it i'm gonna make an appointment if my um you know i was telling my mom earlier i'm gonna make an appointment if my back itch like <laughs> if it's itching a way that's never itched before like i'm going to <laughs> do that i'm gonna you know advocate for myself um but yeah i feel like little stuff like that like making appointments for yourself and like not confided in your mom um being like you know should i go here like i'm not sure if you do that or whatever like should i do that? like i feel like keep um maybe like some of your business to a minimum i would say or like or your that decisions be- that's what i meant Deci- like make your decisions um uh, like you know leaning on like your mom's opinion like just a little bit less yeah or like i feel like she was saying that she lets her mom like kind of handle her battles for a little bit yeah. like all right i'm i'm picturing somebody not giving you your money back you feel like you can't 
handle it. So like, let me get my mom on the phone. She about to curse you out. And honestly, I do that for my little brothers and I've been trying to phase out of doing that for them. Um, my dad used to do that for me a lot, but you got to take baby steps in the transition and all. So maybe instead of letting your mom hop on a call for you, like let her start off being a consultant for you. So like, let her tell you what she thinks you should do because you're never going to get to the point where you stop going to your mom for advice. But like, let her tell you what she thinks you should do and then you go handle it yourself. Yeah. Or like you um kind of have in your mind a few ideas of what you're gonna do and then you present it to your mom like, hey, how what do you think? Because sometimes you need practice being assertive um in little and like low stakes ways, like mm-hmm. with your like just little incidents that are happening. Now, by all means, if you can back up and it's like somebody trying to get over you in a in a huge way, call whoever you got to call. But if you're just, if it's something you're trying to practice, like that could be like, it seems like you, you know, like that's a way where you kind of like go hands off. So mm-hmm. just kind of practice in ways that you get uncomfortable being hands-on, that might help. Um, also just kind of realizing sad but nobody has your back for real like that's the main reason I'm assertive like I never really had a problem um with being assertive after I started to see that if I don't speak up for me people will pretend just like I don't exist because people are meeting folks constantly there are different points in their career and it's not personal but like I would see some people who would like every time they did something they would make sure they did it like in front of a manager or a boss or supervisor and I used to be like that's kissing up like they are really kissing up and if I look back on it I still think they were kissing up (laughs) however I found an authentic way to like kind of not do what I'm doing in the dark because I realized if if you don't show people, they're not going to go out their way to figure out how, how this puzzle got put together. They'll Mm. just assume that somebody did it or whatever the case. But if you just kind of like, maybe, I don't know, at work, like just start talking, like showing people like what you can do or have, I know you say you struggle with those casual conversations, but you know, they are just people and it's okay to like, find some commonalities. Like if you're going to get coffee with somebody, like it's okay to say, Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Like little small steps like that. And just be your best self and comfortable and confident because that'll, that'll draw people to you. Mm-hmm. Like that's something I'm, you don't have to like be miss personality dressed in expensive clothes in order to get people to like you. All you have to do is be a positive vibe energy and like doing your job the right way. And people, I promise like people will take interest in you and just kind of respect the process too. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. I fully agree. Um, I think that's what I was probably trying to get at what you said um, with like just like saying what should I do because I even do that like with my I'm like well what should I do like or even with you like when I was like calling the job I'm like well what should I say and like I'm like okay and then I'll you know do it um, I'll take the advice or you know I'll put my own spin on it I'm like I just want to talk it out first and then I'm like all right this is how I'm going to do this xyz yeah that is and also like something I've been thinking about is finding a way to be loud comfortably because I talk to people all the time who like are struggling with like being assertive at work and they're just like you know I feel like I do all this work but I'm not being seen because I'm not loud about it Mm -hmm. and I just always say like you got to find your way to to be to be loud enough. Like you don't have to be like, Hey, Hey, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. You don't have to be like, 
think of like some silent leaders, like think of people who don't necessarily talk, but like their presence absolutely like kind of gets them noticed. It's that confidence that they have in themselves. Mm -hmm. And I know that's hard, but that's why you fake it till you make it. And you do everything possible to set yourself up to be confident. Like Mm -hmm. for me, like something that's really huge is making sure like I'm dressed a certain way when I walk into a room, because I feel like I know that if I think I look real cute, the way I'm about to be talking because I want everybody to look at me or I don't have no problem with them looking at me versus I'm not really having the best here today. My Afro kind of dry, it's a little <laughs> matted in the back. Like those are going to be the days where I'm less likely to talk. <laughs> completely honest, because the more people are looking at me, I no man, I don't think that this is ever going to change about me. It's just how my makeup is. I'll always be concerned that they're not at They're just looking at my hair and perhaps that's a product of being bullied growing up. I don't know, but that's just what I, I just know that that's something I need to feel com- com- comfortable and confident. So I do what I can to like make sure I look a certain way and also having my shit together so that I can feel comfortable talking because I don't know if this ever happened to you, but you ever been in the class talking and your teacher walk over to you and be like, you're doing a lot of talking for somebody with a blank worksheet. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that, definitely happened to me hella time. Yeah, you'd be like, oh no, 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 I, I know the answer. I'm just like waiting to fill it out. But that's kind of how I feel at work. You can't be like dapping everybody up and talking. <laughs> like I remember one time, like I used, I, I used to work in a production studio and there was a producer with his headsets off. And I never forget, he had his like, you know how you'd be like tilted on the table with his legs crossed. Like he really was lounging and just key keying, just busting it up because to him, it meant more to be talking to different people. And I'm looking directly behind him at his team about to execute a really crazy change that would have required all hands on deck and the leader to be paying attention and in that moment like I put my headset on before my shift to help his team not because I was trying to show him up because I felt so bad about his team not having no leader on board but it'll be people who want to talk 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 but they're not doing the dirty work you know Mm -hmm. so I always feel like the best way to be assertive is the best PR is to to be doing what you're supposed to do so you know you at work like I'm put I'm doing what I have to do I'm coming to work and I'm on top of my game I'm looking good y'all should be lucky to talk to me exactly also like um sorry I was gonna say because I didn't want to um like go off but um you said something about one to assert yourself um you know you're in the writers you're not you're not in the writer's room I feel like the start a casual conversation like literally in my like because like I'm like when the opportunity arrives I'm like I feel like I'm gonna be ready because in my head I literally plan the conversation and how I would be if I want to pitch something to somebody or if I want to work with them like writing and stuff like I feel like that's the best thing to do like literally practice in your head like what would you say fantasize feed the fantasy like I really feel like that is so helpful like feed the fantasy also believe that you deserve to be there like believe that you deserve to you know like for instance how i just asked you know answering your listener letter i asked you how you get there Mm -hmm. i want to know sometimes you gotta think about what's the worst that can happen exactly if you really do feel like the worst thing that can happen because i do like i have heard of people like we'll have 
a celebrity at work and that person will be like, hey, yo, I got a production company. And the worst that can happen is that you could lose your job in that moment. So you have to think to yourself, is this risk worth it? However, if you're talking to somebody and you start saying like, oh my gosh, yes, I love, you know, I'm enthusiastic. I'm excited. These are one of the things I was thinking. People the worst thing that can happen is they'd be like, yes, yeah, since you got a little too much dip on your chip, right? <laughs> you feel a little embarrassed and that's it. That's it. Nobody even has to know that that moment existed. Like, exactly. You know, like you just, you tried, like you were being excited and you know, just whatever happened. But then the best case scenario could be like, I really like that idea. That's what's up. I'm, I'm excited to see somebody on this team enthusiastic. When I tell mm-hmm. you, that's what most people enjoy at work is to have somebody that's enthusiastic about the work. So just keeping it, about the work mm-hmm. is, is just really going to get you far and knowing that like you just want to be assertive to put yourself out there it's a lot of people who don't give a shit and they will play they'd be willing to play themselves to get ahead I'm not one of those people however I can learn a few things from them and I have been like the other day I was working with somebody and the old me would have been petrified to do this because I never wanted people at my job to know that my true goal was my podcast so I would not talk about my podcast but I would be like damn this information would be helpful for my podcast but I was talking to somebody and she was saying that she works with people she she like she was talking about influencers and she had their contact information Mm -hmm. and I was like whoa how did you get this information like and usually the old me would have just been like, damn, I wonder how. But I was like, hey, can I ask you a question? Like completely like non-work related. And I was like, how do you go? What's your process in like finding people's contact information? Because I have a podcast and, you know, sometimes if I want to connect with people, I never know how to do that. Like, is there a special process that you go through? And she was like, yeah, like I go through agencies, blah, blah, blah. She was like, so willing to tell me in two, three minutes. And it don't, it don't, most people you work with are just human beings. I will say that, you know, read their vibe and same thing with people like your date, like you want to talk to, um, out there, like read their vibe and see what, like, I don't, I don't know. Say you see a guy, fine man at the grocery store. And if he looks busy, then yeah, maybe that's not the time to shoot your shot. But if he looks like a normal guy it's, it's nothing wrong with saying hey you know I think you got a nice smile the worst thing that can happen is that he's an absolute jerk and now you know that that's not somebody you want to fuck with anyway mm-hmm, exactly because like also when it comes to that I'm definitely hella assertive I can't be it depends on how bad I, I want you and if I feel like <laughs> I ever have a chance of being around you again because I can get I'd like turn it up yeah <laughs> it get real aggressive when it comes to things but like as you get older you start to realize like the closed mouths don't get fed but I think that the fact that you are frustrated is like usually the calm before the storm like being frustrated is a prerequisite to like a crazy change that's about to happen I started becoming assertive simply because I start getting tired of people I felt like people was flexing on me at work a little bit and I was like uh-uh oh no Oh no, like I'm not about to have people who are not doing better than me moving forward all because they can ask for things a little bit louder than me. I'm going to start trying my luck and ask for asking for things. And I know that like there are different responses that you get as a black woman when you go and you ask for what you want. But yeah, um <laughs> sorry. My grandma just came for somebody on Facebook and that just happened. Like, I know there are like specific like responses that you have to, 
that you get from people when you're a black woman, but you can be tactical. You can be so, there's so many tactics that, you know, you, you can use when trying to like ask people questions and just tapping into what works best for you. Like it all depends on your personality because it has to be organic. Mm-hmm. I agree. But yeah, that's it. Let us know if you have any follow-up questions. Um, send us all your questions, ideals, ideas, situations to blackgirlbrunchesgmail.com. We are here to answer the questions. Also, um, make sure you guys follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at blackgirlbrunch. You can find us on Twitter at blkgirlbrunch. You can find me on Instagram at imamate. And you can find me on Twitter at itsmateisabria. And you can find me at frankenfem underscore on Twitter and it's frankenfem on Instagram. And check out my movie list. <laughs> yeah. And also suggestions if what you want me to do. Do you want me to do YouTube content? Talk about movies? I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. Exciting. All right, guys. That's it for this week's episode. Love you. Bye. Peace.